Chapter 23 Adventure Creates Its Own Destiny It was time to move out of the house. I felt as if I was adrift at sea. I had become Caroline's shadow and caretaker all in one. There was no drama, just exhaustion. It was time to go. Paul Orsinger and I shared a house in Bethesda. The house was four blocks from my job at Computer Data Systems. They needed a staff writer for contracts. When I showed them a few articles in the Suburban Times, I was hired on the spot. I felt safe and grounded for a few months. Then the wind changed directions. Walking to work in late spring, a motorcycle came up the path and stopped about 15 feet in front of me. Whoever it was got off the bike. There was a pause, and then the helmet was unstrapped. Long blonde hair fell by her shoulders. She pulled off her briefcase and strolled up the office door wearing a pair of black leather pants. Her name was Brenda. A new magic began. Brenda and I played frisbee in the park across the street from the office for lunch the next day. She wore a white pleated skirt and a sailor's top. She told me her friend and her were planning a 5,000-mile bike ride across the country. After giving her a little of my bike history, I told her I'd be glad to be her trainer. She gladly accepted. We started 30-mile rides across Washington, D.C., and finally did a few 60-mile rides out west and back. It wasn't too long before Brenda's friend decided not to do the trip. With that decision, it became clear. It was time for another adventure. I stated I'd take her place. Eric Hansen, a bike messenger I knew, was eager to go with us. Eric had been working as an assistant for a dynamite expert at a construction company. Also, he worked as a bike messenger. He carried lollipops, and people knew him as a lollipop kid. He had a great attitude and was naturally funny. The three of us were a good team. Brenda and I had set up having the American Heart Association as our charity. With that promise to HA, we found sponsors and received several benefits to set up the ride. A few towns along the way would promote the ride, creating some great events. Before long, we were set to go. We flew out to a friend's house and started the ride at Marina Del Rey. The first few days were tough rides, but we were eager to prove ourselves. I had somehow slid into another adventure, enticed by the idea of such freedom. I was excited to find the magic again. It didn't take long before we discovered the energy of California. It just makes me smile thinking of it. Mountains, sea, open terrain, palm and eucalyptus trees. All the senses became alive. The touch and smell of California brings a deep joy and happiness. The rays of the sun burned into my skin with little notice, bleaching my hair and soothing my soul. The breeze of the ocean made me feel more alive as each day passed. Soon we rode through strawberry fields, towns dedicated to artichokes, streets lined with lemon trees. Then a greater magic hit us. We passed San Simeon and were taken by the open land and endless skies. Finally, we came upon Big Sur. It is a ride into a different world, long coastal roads along ocean cliffs, wonderful green mountains covered in flowers and endless hills to our east, waterfalls, gorges, and 
timeless sandy beaches below. We were in a special place. We knew it. It was the expression of wonderment, caught between real and unreal. The beauty found us at Big Sur is only a touch of California. No one could have prepared me for our ride across Golden State Bridge, looking out to an endless horizons of the hustle of the city. It all seemed wonderful as we headed further north. City trucks soon changed to long, dangerous logging trucks, speeding down the highway, at times creating vacuums of air that we fought to resist. Each night would be a story from one of the one of us about our breath, our brush with death. Finally, the day came when I was certain the mobile home saw me, a bicyclist with all his traveling gear. Before I knew it, I was tumbling on the ground, and the mobile home stopped quick. I laid on the Pacific 101 on the outskirts of Garberville, California. Brenda and Eric were standing over me in a few seconds. I got up and moved the bike off the road. Somehow there was no real damage. What was broken I fixed that day at a bicycle shop in Garberville. I had several raspberries on my shoulder, arms, and both legs. After the fall, I was mentally shaken. I could not find the joy in the ride and became stressed by the daily grind. Soon my ass was sore. And my heart was not in it. We were getting short on money. I just felt it best to go make some money and send it to Brenda so that she could keep going. Somehow the dream of freedom had turned into a hardship. I soon found myself back in Washington, D.C. Happy I was back and sad that I had failed at something so important. I truly had let down the both of them. It really was my first major failure in life and I knew it. Caroline was working for Porter and Novelli Advertising in Washington, D.C. They had just started McGruff, Take a Bite Out of Crime, and several other successful campaigns. Caroline hired me as her assistant. It was great fun, and Caroline was creating new projects almost daily. I was watching one of the greatest minds in the business constantly pumping out amazing material. The one that sticks in my mind was the Red Cross of New York. People may not be dying to give blood, but people are dying to get it. A brilliant ad. Eric and, and Brenda finished the ride across the country. Their efforts were huge. It became clear that I needed a new path outside of Washington, D.C. I joined Bioenergy Systems in Ellenville, New York, leaving an amazing world of creativity and adventure. Whatever was here was gone. I knew it was time to move on.